Hello, and welcome to Dancing with Disease, a podcast for and about people who move and sway around life with chronic illness. My name is Jerry Ugalde, and I am the host of this podcast. This morning, as I was getting ready to get on here, I thought of the rituals that we go through to go out. I remembered when I was 18 reading about layering perfume. And so you start by, you know, taking a bath in essential oils and then putting stuff in your hair and then finally applying like moisturizer and then the actual perfume so that when you go to prom, your perfume scent will last throughout the whole night and how much fun that was. And then here I'm on the other end of that where just to start my day, I have to make sure that my airway is in a safe place and then decide, is this just a nasal rinse? Is the nebulize first and nasal rinse? Should I try blowing my nose first? Should I try clearing my airway by coughing really hard first? Should I drink a glass of warm water or cold water? Make some tea? Sometimes I will actually lean over the couch that I happen to be sitting on and just let my head hang and just kind of try to figure out where everything shifts and sorts before I get going. So, you know, talk about change of rituals, but it's where I am. And I'm very thankful for being here. It's wild to be at this point in the journey where I can, you know, get back on the horse quickly. I've always sort of been like that. I remember my first bike accident. We were traveling from Ciego de Avila, Cuba, which is a small rural town in the middle of Cuba, up to Cayo Coco, which is about 110 kilometers. Um, For you Americans, I'm gonna say maybe that's about 60, yeah, about 60 miles um, and change. And we were leading a peloton of about 12 or 15. The majority of the guys in the group, 14, 15 year olds, with a couple of masters riders on the back to keep them in line. And it was me and a friend. And I outweigh her by a good 50 pounds, if not more. Plus her bike at the time weighed like two pounds to my 18. So I had a lot of weight on her. And we're pulling this group up through the sugarcane fields, flat road. There was a crosswind though, and I feel her coming in towards me, and I use my elbow to push her off, and just when I think that she's stable, I grab my handlebars again, and I celebrated too soon. Next thing I know, we're all slanting sideways, skidding across the roadway, and the whole crew goes down, and you just kind of get up and survey the mess, like literally everybody went down and of course the kids in the back were just spacing out or else they could have stopped but so i'm walking around and i look at one of the masters riders and i say dude give me your bike and he's like this is a track bike which means it's fixed gear and the pedals just keep going and i said i don't care give me your bike and i took his bike and i got on it and i rode up you know a couple hundred meters and i rode back gave him back the bike took a breath and said okay now i'm ready he said what and i said i just didn't want to get all freaked out about that huge crash. It's like getting back on the horse. And he's like, you ride horses? I was like, no, I don't even know why I did that, but I did, and now I'm ready to deal with this. And that's what life with disease has been like for me. The day I was diagnosed, I had never heard of my disease. So when I'm telling my friends about it, and this is back in 2009, so I didn't have a smartphone and I wasn't able to Google my, my symptoms right then, thankfully. My friends did though, and they were writing back and they were like, oh my God, Jerry, it says you're gonna die. I was like, what? So of course I get home later and check it. 
And I realized that there's also a gazillion other symptoms that I don't have. So I was like, you know what? Maybe I'm not going to die. But being back in the doctor's office the day that she told me she confirmed my diagnosis was the strangest thing in the world. Because she came to my room after doctor's hours. Normally they're gone by about 5 o'clock. And it was definitely after 5.30. And I feel like she stayed forever. Honestly, she might have been there for five minutes. But to me, she was there for hours. And I just kept looking at her, looking at her name badge, which to this day I have no idea what her name is. Looking out the window. It was the end of November. Just one of those dark kind of days. Thankfully, I had a window and I could look out. Because let me tell you, when you get to the hospital, do anything you can to get the window seat. Kind of like the plane, I guess. Um, and I'm staring out, just hearing the words and doctor's visits and specialists. And I had a blood clot in my leg as well. She was talking to me about blood specialists and high-risk pregnancy. And I just, my brain was swirling. She gave me a note or, you know, those doctor scripts and said, you know, you're going to be discharged tomorrow. So you need to make sure to call this doctor and follow up. And that was it. They let you go the next day after 15 days in hospital, a million tests done to you, some of them very invasive, and that's it. Off you go with this crazy word you can't pronounce. Go ahead, start your life. How do you do that? How do you start? I, I honestly think that if I did not have an infant at that time, I might have stayed in bed longer each day. But the fact that I couldn't hold my son for me was the motivation to get up each day. My husband had moved us to my mom's house because we had mold in the upper corner of our bathroom on the flat that we lived at. And he thought that's what made me sick. And then of course, having a baby, he's like, this is dangerous, we're getting out of here. So he had emergency, like evacuated us while I was in hospital. And we were staying at my mom's. Thankfully, from the bedroom to the bathroom was maybe two meters. So that was my first goal get yourself to the bathroom. You know, second goal, get yourself to the kitchen. Third goal, be able to feed yourself. I was able to obviously lift a fork to my mouth, but even just in the sense of opening the fridge, put it, pulling out the food, because all I wanted to do was hold Gavin. And those boys, that's all I ever want to do. All I ever want to do is be able to have fun and play and jump and run with them. And uh, if you follow the life that I post on, Instagram and Facebook, and then I even blog about, they are the center of my universe. I'm no different than most parents. I didn't expect to be this kind of mom. I kind of thought I'd be able to schlep them off a lot easier, but um, they're awesome, and I just want to be with them all the time. So my son was what pulled me up through diagnosis. But it's a bizarre world. There are so many feelings swirling through your head. If you recognize the disease, you've got one set of issues because you're scared. If you don't, you're looking at the doctor going, what? I don't even know what you're saying. How do I even start to live a life when I don't even understand what it looks like? And yet somehow we do. We all do. Being diagnosed with a disease is not much different than being given really bad news. The difference, of course, for us is that we get the remnants of this bad news for the rest of our lives. I don't know why I say that with a smile. I think it's because, as I said in my first post, 
or episode, this isn't a vlog, that we learn every day we get stronger and stronger and the lessons that we learn from one day to the next take us forward. For me, the big challenge is to make sure that I don't repeat mistakes. So for example, there's a certain time of the day where after which I can't have any sweets. It's kind of like caffeine. Can't have coffee after four. I can't have sweets after seven. Um, I can drink alcohol and I do, but I'm very careful about when and I watch the quantities over the week. And I know to preemptively clean my airway. So I can kind of feel okay, but I'm like, you know what? It's been about 24 hours that I haven't saline rinsed or I haven't used a nebulizer and I, I get a little bit cocky. I'm like, maybe it's going away. No dodo bird. It's not going anywhere. It's your body's having an extra special day of being clear, but don't fool yourself. Stay on top of it. It'll all be fine as long as you do your ritual. So for you out there living in chronic illness land, what's your ritual? What do you need to do every day that sometimes really pisses you off because you wish you didn't have to do it? I can tell you there are women that won't leave the house without makeup. I know you think it's funny that I'm equating that, but for them, they have to wear makeup or they don't feel like themselves. I used to judge them. I used to be like, why do you wear makeup? Why do you need to wear makeup? Don't you feel good about yourself? Is your self-esteem that low? Yes, I did. I'm sharing this with you because I'm on here to be honest. I didn't tell them this, obviously, but I thought that. But guess what? Who the hell am I? Who the hell am I to judge somebody how they want to look to the world? Because to the world, I don't want to look sick. I could. Nobody would say otherwise. You have a crazy illness, so be sick. But I don't want to, and I don't want to show that. So only from time to time will I post pictures of me with my nebulizer. I rarely share the trials and tribulations of every day because, again, I don't want to appear sick. It's also a mind game for me. The healthier I look and feel, the healthier I am. And I tell myself this all the time. So what is your ritual? What do you need to do every day to stay healthy? What is that one extra thing that you could do? Even if it means, ladies and gentlemen, waking up at 5, 12 in the morning like I did today. I want to get on the bike. So I was like, I can't get on the bike unless I've got a clear airway. That could take time. I have a rule. If I naturally wake up, I just get up. Again, within reason. Uh, but today is an easy day and I have the time to be tired later. I could even catch a nap at work. Nobody will know. So find the ritual. Write it down. Experiment. What needs to happen first or second? I used to try to clear my airway before I drank water. Now I know I need to hydrate first. And that's for everybody. When you wake up in the morning, just have a glass of water and don't think about it. Find the ritual. It will pull you from one day to the next. And the easier that ritual becomes, it becomes a habit. And as we know with habits, we just do them. And then they just become part of our lives. And it doesn't become this big deal. I often joke about the idea of just flopping into bed. I'm like, wouldn't that be so nice? Yeah, I can't. I could be exhausted, but I still need to go and do my saline rinse and make sure everything's clear. Put my mask on for a little while, just so that when I wake up in the morning, I'm not choking. So everyone has their thing. What's yours? If you don't know what it is, start Google 
Google searching, I was going to say, start Googling it. There's a lot of Facebook groups out there for your disease. Ask people, what do you need to do every day to stay healthy? And I'm not just talking meds. Those are a given. But are there ways to sit, ways to breathe, times of day you should shower? For me, it's best to shower at night. Again, steam, moving humidity through my body. Everyone has a different ritual. So if you can find yours, nail it in, it becomes your new normal, and off you go. Is it simple? No. Is it easy? No. But we do what we have to do. And if you're newly diagnosed, you don't have a ritual. That is completely okay. Right now, your head is spinning and you're trying to digest and deal with all of this new reality. Big suggestion, write. If you can't write, text. Get those thoughts and feelings out of your head so you can see them because they're real. And over time, things will come back to you and you can start to sort it out later. Right now, it's all feeling, it's all raw. One of the first things I did when I came home and started to kind of feel like I could do things for myself was I searched healing music on YouTube and I would listen for hours and hours, these vibrational sounds. Some of them were annoying and I would find the next one. When I found one that worked, I'd lie down and listen. I went on from there to meditational healing and again, someone's soft voice telling my body, giving instructions for how to heal itself and I would usually fall asleep to it. From there, I went on to Louise Hay, You Can Heal Your Life. It's a wonderful book. Honestly, they should just give it to you in the hospital when you're diagnosed and sent home. Dr. Wayne Dyer, Inspiration. Again, there are some excellent, unique thoughts there about how we come to be on Earth, and it's just pretty mind-boggling. So it's always good to just kind of learn new things as you are learning a new reality because it makes you feel like somebody who's not sick. People learn new things every day, right? And then definitely I started with podcasts. I started to listen to people who have been through hard things. I listen to people who build businesses and you know use that metric as a form of success because for me, success is feeling my best every day. So whatever I need to do that, I do and I just continuously find sources. That's my friends is why I created this podcast. I needed to know that somebody out there was living a full life in spite or despite this reality that I was given. You can too, I'm not that unique. I'm just really stubborn and refuse to be defined by a disease. Ironically, Having a podcast about living with disease does kind of define me by disease, but whatever. I'm choosing this platform because I needed something when I was in the depths of despair and I didn't have it. So hopefully through some of the suggestions of things that I've read, things that I've tried, I can fast track you on your healing journey. It is my greatest hope that this podcast reaches those who need it most, those who are struggling, those who need to remember what life can be like. I've lived some beautiful moments of sheer joy and fun and excitement. And I've also been through moments I didn't think I'd make it to the next day. I am here and I am strong. 
And as always, I am sending you all the continuous healing, all the strength, and all the love that you deserve. Until next time, I'm Jerry Uvalde wishing you continuous healing. Bye-bye.